We are trying something new this recording. Now, don't worry. We're still going to have the same podcast that comes out every Friday. But me and Nick are having so much fun making content, we wanted to make more. So this episode and a series of episodes will be mini-episodes, along with the normal podcast. These mini-episodes will be us talking and teaching each other about a large range of topics and different discussion points. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to our mini episode of Backyard Philosophy. We're just going to do a short episode for getting in the Halloween spirit. We're going to talk about fear. What is fear? What does it do to your body? And why do people enjoy being scared? We're going to start out with a quote about fear. Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. And hate leads to suffering. You might recognize those words from a Jedi master on Dagobah. That was... Yoda talking to Luke, but fear is an important part of our bodies. It's how we got here. Fear, all of our ancestors had it, and it kept us away from things dangerous, and they reproduced and eventually led to us. So before we get too far into it, Mike, how are you, and what are you drinking? I am doing fantastic, and I'm drinking a new type of bourbon called Bullocoons, which is local to Texas, so got to shove Texas in where I can. How about you, my friend? How are you doing, and what are you drinking? I'm doing good. Uh, I'm not really a fan of being scared, so Halloween's not particularly my favorite, but I am drinking. I decided I'd go with a special Halloween drink, and uh, didn't have anything, so I just went straight bourbon. So this is some Lead Slingers whiskey. For a half a second, I thought you were going to say something about pumpkin spice, and I got real nervous real quick. No, I didn't look that hard in the in the pantry, but I just grabbed the bottle. So here we are. Well, if that scared me, I'm curious what else you're going to talk about fear, because I'm scared of you drinking pumpkin spice anything. Well, I did have a question I wanted to start with. I want to know, what are some of your fears? Dying without a legacy is probably my biggest one not being remembered in the history books okay well mine are mountain lions or cougars but we're kind of on the same page yours are a little bit more grounded on reality than mine but i'm curious to what you're going to say so i want to talk about we're going to talk about fear we're going to talk about what that is inside of your body what's going on so when you get that jump start or fear in your body from something your body sensed whether it's a sound behind you you weren't suspecting or unfamiliar scent or your body just sense danger. What happens is, is your amygdala tells your nervous system to release adrenaline and cortisol. And so what that's doing, and a few other things, but what it's essentially doing is it's activating your fight or flight response. You know, part of that increased blood flow, that's when you get your the goosebumps. You're shutting down the complex thinking part of your brain, and you're deciding whether you need to run away or fight. And your body's getting ready to fight. It's getting ready to move. It's preparing for something. Getting that wide-eyed, eyes dilated, back your hairs on your neck, standing up yep your muscles tense up and your pupils dilate their your pupils are dilating looking for something looking for whatever set that alarm off and all your long-term processes divert their energy into fighting so that means you stop at repro- uh, not reproduction oh my gosh <laughs> digestion that would scare me to be able to stop <laughs> if i had to stop doing that <laughs> 
stop digestion you stop you know that's that's wasted energy that you don't need in that resource slot right now that i've never thought about that of how your body prioritizes in a moment what functionalities that we do without thinking that's i never thought about that nick i'm already learning something we're already four minutes in so that that's what goes on in your body but what was curious to me is why do people like fear so i've never been a fan of scary movies and i'm assuming you probably are that'd be correct what is it about scary movies that people like because none of that sounds particularly fun i mean we all love a good adrenaline rush every now and then but i'm gonna ask that's exactly why i do it yeah that's adrenaline rush so they they found something interesting in people who watch scary movies is that once so they get that adrenaline rush and cortisol and go through that whole phrase go through the whole process if they're actually scared but then your brain realizes it's all fake and then you get dopamine to to bring you back down so it's almost like when you look at your phone you get that so it's kind of the same thing when it's bringing you back down to earth making you happy it's kind of the reverse order of the being frightened because your brain realizes this is not something that can actually harm you really that's interesting how our brain realizes something's not bad for us anymore and it's like an acid and base mixing together to cancel each other out inside of our brain that's super interesting and then another thing um, we, we touched on it in rites of passage where we talked about people experiencing things together and then building a community or brotherhood do you know that if you go on like a first date and this might be some some advice for you mike you go on a first date or you know when you guys don't really know each other and you go to a haunted house or a scary movie the couples at the end of that date feel closer to each other than couples who went to just like a normal place and they're much more likely to maintain a long-term relationship nick where were you in during college i could have used information but you're learning it now and because of covid you don't have anyone to talk to so this should help (laughs) you out but it does part of the like we talked about in fear what what's happened is you share a common you're in an unfamiliar situation so you kind of went through something together and maybe relied on each other and you didn't really know each other and now you're much more connected i imagine it's very similar to how soldiers have that brotherhood or people who have diseases go to therapy together you guys have been in hell together or you guys have been in a hell's not a good word a traumatic or extreme environment i imagine that tie of being with someone together extremely deepens it yeah exactly what's going on when i thought that was crazy because i mean just uh this they observed this just from like a haunted house or a scary movie nothing really like too crazy but it was a noticeable impact on closeness and how long they would last together just from i mean what are the odds you know a date where you just go out to a haunted house and you're like, oh, man, I wish I could remember the percent, but like 20% more likely, say, to spend over a year with that person. Like that's that seems crazy just because you chose to go through something like that. So you're telling me the most romantic time chemically wise in our body is during Halloween, not during Valentine's Day. That's exactly what I'm telling you. So if uh, Hallmark breaks down this door during the middle of this podcast, we know we figured out the secret. <laughs> But from you might think that fear is good from seeing all this. And I, I think it's definitely an important part. People need to feel fear, you know, just like anything else that regulates your, your body. It's If you don't have any fear, which some people don't, then certain other things in your body are off because you don't get those messages from your brain and 
people who don't feel fear tend to do a lot of crazy things, but they also don't tend to be able to act socially as well as people who don't. And without fear, there's no courage. You need both to work yin and yang in balance. And then some people on the opposite end of the spectrum have way too much fear. And we probably heard a lot about this in the media recently, but uh, so there's anxieties and phobias. Now, an anxiety is a fear of something that's kind of a long-term something you're dealing with, but it doesn't stop you from doing something. Like if you have anxiety about swimming in the ocean because of sharks, for example, you might just be a little bit more alert, a little bit more anxious, but it's not going to stop you. It's not going to impact your life. And the difference between an anxiety and a phobia is one that interferes with your life. So if you have a phobia, I, forget, I, I have no idea. I don't forget. I just don't know what the term would be of swimming in the water with sharks because of jaws or whatever. And so you're, all your friends are going to the beach, but you can't go at all because you're super afraid of being attacked by the shark and you won't even go near the water. That would be a phobia. A phobia that has always fascinated me is people who are scared of nature or germs. There are germophobias and there's a phobia, I can't remember what it's called, but they are feared. They fear grass. Like they don't go outside their home, etc, etc. And it's so weird to me how the brain through neuron connection can make that assumption so that we process that to have fear. It's so odd. Yeah, it's completely wild how things can imprint in our brain as well. You know, say uh, like Jaws came up a lot of reasons why people don't want to go in the water or don't want to go near the water. And Jaws had a crazy impact on everything. Like just almost every study on this, on people being afraid of water, you can't go without mentioning Jaws. Yeah, that's, I can relate to that, Nick. My grandma has never swum in an ocean after seeing Jaws when it originally came out. And that's what's crazy. We might touch on this later, but our body is really good at what it does, recognizing things that are whack, out of step. Humans are the only species that will not obey their fight or flight. So for example, if a deer is walking through the woods and there's an unfamiliar sound behind it, it's just going to bolt. It's going to take off. It's going to run. But if you're a woman walking home from the bar or walking down a street late at night and you see you, there's an unfamiliar voice coming from somewhere you're, you don't know where it's at, it might. it's definitely going to be smarter not to run. You'll have that. These have been observed multiple cases. Women will have this reaction where they know something's not right. Their hair stands up on end the back of their neck the whole thing muscles tense and then but they'll just like be shaking with all the adrenaline just trying to walk normally because they don't want to be rude to people to even though their body is telling them to run to run and a lot of times that your body is right a lot of times these women subconsciously recognize that something is off but because of the social constraints of running you know away from a person or running in the middle of the road or whatever prevents us from acting on what our body is telling us it is weird how we do not act on our impulses when it comes to fear. It's almost like some people are bounded by social stigma or some people are just like deer in the headlights and are just freeze and can't do anything. Yeah, it's it's a pretty common thing, I guess, from up in uh, like say New York or something. Or it happens a lot that these, I don't know what you call them, people are robbers, I guess. They're muggers? Muggers. That seems like such a 1940s term. But they'll kind of use that to their advantage of, oh, like they're not going to run away or they're not going to do 
whatever because that would be rude to run away or like just randomly cross the street or you know just start running because that's not socially acceptable from a person who the older they get the less they care i would say fuck society your instinct is normally right and uh trust it trust your instinct but nick i am curious about what part you said the cortisone you said dopamine what do you happen to know what part of the brain that is like where fear comes from in the brain um well i think the the amygdala handles all the that's a part of their brain that is activated when fear when you feel the sensation of fear and then it sends a message to your central nervous system and your nervous system is the one that actually sends out the the cortisol and the adrenaline oh see i i i, I must have misunderstood you i thought it was just simply setting the signals and that wasn't where the fear was happening i wonder if you could remove that and remove your fear by removing that maybe i think uh it's one of those things we touch on it almost every episode it seems like but gene editing what if you could get some of that the genes of those people who don't feel fear and you can you know reduce the fear reaction maybe i don't think that's a good idea i think fear is a good thing fear gets you out of your comfort zone fear makes you run through simulations and might sound like a little nerd here but from doctor who uh fear makes you run faster you never run faster than when you are scared yep that's true i don't think it's a good idea either but it's interesting definitely interesting how we could remove fear or perhaps target specific phobias to make sure those don't pop up in people yeah another thing that i found interesting was what humans have fears of or specifically humans in a first world country a lot of us have fears relating to things that don't really affect us like you know, driving a car is probably the most dangerous act that we all do but because we're comfortable with it we don't really have any fear of it but we'll be a lot more hesitant to you know if we're not familiar maybe use like power tools or you know start like a, a project or work on the car things that were really there's really no way for us to get hurt doing that but our body sends us the fear anxiety messages about those things or just like at your work you're not going to get hurt you know if you get fired or you lose your job but we get those anxiety fears from that as well the fear of the unknown yeah that's maybe what it is but it's crazy to me how our how our bodies have adapted to the world we live in i mean our bodies have been evolving for however many thousands of years and how many of those years did we have like bosses and stuff i guess we had you'd probably have like a capacity leader or something maybe and we've always been social creatures but an anxiety about being thrown out of the group would have been bad but it seems to fit right in with the way we live in our society now of recognizing the danger of losing a job even though there's no real harm from it whereas say like a deer or cows which technically you could say that they're maybe working cow has no fear of losing its job which it should but humans seems like we our fear is set up to work perfectly with the way most of us live our lives. I'd be very interested if someone ever does a study on the correlation between how our fear has developed throughout the years versus humanity's success as becoming the dominant creature in the world. So like if you knew how much fear humans felt through time, basically? Yeah. Or like you said, we've always been social creatures. So having that structure of being feared of having feared of getting kicked out of the group, how that influenced our brain growth or influenced on how getting more tools, getting maybe having more fear of getting kicked out, that pressure caused us to invent more or be more useful, something something like that. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, how many inventions were made or 
improvements were made because someone wanted to be helpful to the group. They didn't want to be kicked off the island. They didn't want to be left behind. And for the longest time, you know, before humans became had agriculture, if you lost your group, a lot of the animals they hunted, you hunted in a group. So if you were all by yourself, you're probably going to starve. You know, you could hunt some smaller game by yourself, but those bigger game that humans relied on for months at a time to years, that was that was a group effort. You just made me think about something about fear of an evolutionary uh, basis. It's very interesting to me how some creatures and even humans, when they get really scared, they pee or defecate themselves to A, make themselves less take to just um, subconsciously make themselves less tasty and subconsciously aren't able to control it. I would really like to see in the evolution branch of why that was developed or how that was developed in tons of different species. Well, I know a lot of different species who do it, so it must have been pretty early on in development. I mean, amphibians and reptiles to mammals? Yeah, that's a large range right there. Actually, even fish. Out of curiosity, Nick, how do you deal with your fear? Well, um, I prepare for the things that I fear. So, like I mentioned, I'm afraid of uh, mountain lions, working out in the woods by myself. Really, the only thing that kill you. I'm not really scared of bears. Bears, you can make a loud noise and they'll be gone. But mountain lions are a little bit less unpredictable. Cougars, whatever you want to call them. Cats, depending on where you're at. It's all, it's all the same. It's all different, I know. Everyone's got their own certain term, but... So, um, I'll ma- basically make a lot of noise when I'm out in the woods. You know, I know what they like to do is they like to jump on you and, uh, they attack your neck. I think you misinterpreted my question, Nick. What? Not what you physically do, what you emotionally do for fear. Oh, um, that's a interesting question. I guess, are you referring to, like, how does my body react to fear or what do I do to control my fear? Let's go with first reaction and if you would like how you react to it so my body or sorry so i for the most part think i'm pretty calm in a crisis um but if it's a sudden like jump fear then i tend to be have a little fight Uh um so here's a good story little tidbit so i was studying in college it was around halloween and i had my headphones on looking at my computer not really knowing what was going on and someone put on like a scary clown mask or whatever and popped up like right beside me within probably a foot away from my face and i just i didn't even i don't even real remember doing this or didn't act on this or just something that happened and i just immediately punched him right in the face <laughs> turned out it was a girl. <laughs> so I guess in that instance, I, my body did did everything. I mean, I really don't remember being in control. I don't. Even, it all happened so fast. I don't really. It was a reflex, not a not a decision. Yeah, but for times that I have been scared none of them have been like uh instantaneous life or death responses so one of the most scared i've ever been as working in northern california me and this guy were cruising and or, so we were walking through the woods measuring timber and uh we came across a grow a marijuana grow and we had reported a grow in this area earlier in the year like actually like a, half a month before this and uh, the cops came and busted it, got in a firefight with the people, and the cartel actually ended up killing a police dog. And so I was like, fuck, if these guys are going to shoot a police dog, they're, they're not going to feel bad about shooting me and this guy out here. So I got my gun, put one in the chamber, put it in the side of my vest with my hand on it. I was like, told my buddy, like I put the finger up to my lips, you know, the whisper sign. I was like, we're going to sneak out of here, like sneak out this way. Well, there's Blackberry, like 
six, seven feet tall, three feet thick on either side. So we basically just had to go through. And uh, so we just kind of stuck on the edge looking at all the, the plants and you know, they bury them under trees. To, to give you guys a, an idea, so what they do is they come in after about three years. So it's all young trees that are three, four years old. They're probably about, I don't know, anywhere from a few feet tall to six feet tall. And they bury each, or they dig each plant under the tree so they can't be picked up by satellite phone, by, ah, not sat phone, by satellites or planes that fly over. And then they have individual drip tubes that go to each of these. So this grow that we walked through, they came back and busted it and is worth like $6.8 million. I was like, fuck, I know a lot of people would kill me for $6.8 million. So I was hyper alert and I kind of just told the guy behind me I was like we're just gonna sneak around here told him what to do he followed me down and uh we got down through it and it was all fine we got to the car you know we told the guys on the radio like don't go to the trucks because we didn't want to we didn't want anyone to be sitting in trucks or something and whatever happened so there's let everyone else know but man I was uh hopped up on adrenaline for a little ways after that that was that was probably the most scared I've ever been so your emotional and physical response to me is, it sounds like you get goosebumps, sounds like you get dilated eyes, listening for any sound, but luckily you are smart enough to assess the situation and get the, the best way out. I like to think so, and I think I tend to do a lot of things that require complex thinking in a semi-short amount of time, like a lot of prescribed burning is, you can have a, a really good plan and then depending on wind change or whatever, you know, some someone does something stupid or someone's got scared and left there's a lot of uh, decisions that need to be made in a short amount of time that can have a very real impact on people's lives so i think my brain sees a lot of that kind of stuff of um fear inducing situations but fear inducing situations where if you let the just fight or flight response take over you're gonna get more people hurt so you gotta kind of quell that and think through these situations so i think that is something that tends to help me so i think that my fight or flight might be a little bit dulled just because I see a lot of kind of these type of situations or what would be fearful type of situations, but critical thinking is what's going to save the day a lot of those times. Yeah, they train in the military and they psychologists say, uh, tell you when you're in a fearful situation or dangerous situation, remain calm. It's it's easy to say, but hard to do. But with some practice, you can do it. Yep. All you got to do is uh, try and not get shot by the cartels and light a lot of things on fire. It's all it took. <laughs> What about you, Mike? What are your uh, fear responses? Fight. It's unfortunate, but fight or flight, flight is very dulled to me. So I've had a lot of near-death experiences in my life, so it's kind of dulled me. And I learned how to control my adrenaline through boxing so I don't get adrenaline spikes as easily so if i'm in a if i'm trying to do something that makes me nervous or scared like i don't know uh, i was in a car accident years back and i hit black eyes was spinning around almost flipped and i had to control the car i start in my brain going through like a checklist of just start just start talking to myself like do you have yourself braced make sure your mouth is in the proper position so you don't break your jaw hands 10 and 12 so the airbag goes off doesn't it like you just start in your mind going through a mental checklist and that really helps in dangerous situations and that really lowers the fear when you have a reaction or if something bad happens like i went camping with some friends one of my friends accidentally left my car door open in the middle of the night we decided to go back to the car 
because one of them was feeling sick. And me and my roommate, we both wanted to immediately check it out. But the company with us literally froze. And since it being nighttime, I need the flashlight. I had to I had to pry this poor woman's hand open to get the flashlight out because she was frozen with fear because she was so nervous. Because, of course, camping around a campfire, you're going to tell ghost stories. So she was so scared. We had one girl run back to the camp. And I naturally, mine was go forward, go to the back of my car, grab my axe, and go from there. So my fight or flight instinct is uh, a little off. It's completely just fight. Well, uh, hopefully it doesn't get you into any trouble in the future. Not that it would in the past. <laughs> Bless my heart. Let's just say that. Yeah, well, I think uh, it's kind of the end of this podcast, Mike, unless you have something else you wanted to add. No, I learned a little bit about fear, and I learned a little bit about how to hand- how you handle fear, Nick, and it's quite interesting. Well, thanks for listening to the Backyard Philosophy Podcast. Hope you enjoy our mini-episode. Hope you have a good Halloween. Check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Backyard Philosophy Podcast, and check out our YouTube page. That's where all our sources are. Hey, Nick, can they find us on Twitter? And no, they cannot find us on Twitter because Twitter is, in fact, a dumpster fire (laughs) thanks for listening thanks for listening to the backyard philosophy podcast we rarely finish a podcast without missing a point we wanted to bring up so let us know what we forgot and if you have a topic you want us to talk about, let us know at Backyard Philosophy on Instagram and Backyard Philosophy Podcast on Facebook.